And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi for Me Radio is live from the bunker. All right, here we go. The beginning of another week. Welcome, everyone. Jason Hyde here, live from the bunker. This week, we've got uh, a little bit of a lineup for you starting tomorrow. We'll get to that in just a second. Uh, one thing that I that I wanted to uh, to mention, Mrs. Boss, uh, this is something that uh, I have not said anything to you about yet, but I have realized that I goofed it is it is one of those very few mistakes that I have made in my time here running this running this site um, and sci-fi snob this the the messier the desk the more uh, the more brilliant the mind at least that's what I've heard right the fact that you can even see the brown the fact that you can even see the brown of the desk wood is a huge, huge. Well, thing. I mean, I, I, it's, it, it, we're good. We're fine. Everything's good. Uh, so here's here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I realized this morning. The opening title sequence for this show is not is not the title sequence. Should not be the title sequence for this show. I realized that the title sequence that I built, you know, with all of the cameras and the surveillance cameras and all of that going in and all of the security footage and the keypads and the elevators and the stairs and the steps and the escalator and all that, right, going down into the bunker. Because you're in a bunker. That should, that was, that was the title sequence I wanted to build for level 117. That's the level 117 title sequence. Which we don't. <laughs> no, but if we decide to bring level 117 back in any way, shape, or form, now I'm going to have to figure out something else for the title sequence. You do something really cool like that uh, one spot you did for technical advantage. Uh, I suppose. I don't know. Yeah. I, uh, and uh, Sci-Fi Snob, I'll listen to Mrs. Boss on how many mistakes you have made. So I guess that could be a <laughs> special edition episode here sometime in the next couple of weeks. It could be, yes. A couple of years. Heat death of the universe. We'll get to her. We'll get to it around eventually. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. Welcome, everyone. And uh, for those of you who are on social media, oh, we have posted uh, photographs of the new addition to the studio over on our Instagram channel. And it is. Uh, can we can we turn the can we turn the bump shot to show it? Do we want to show it? We can show it. Yeah. Turn the bump shot around. And we'll. So I that. gotta turn it on though. Well, uh, well, no, on. we'll just send people to the Instagram. Just go look at the Instagram account, Instagram.com slash sci fi for me. This way we can uh Or you can open it up there for them to see. Well, we can uh well, I mean this way this way we get them taking action and going to our Instagram account. Okay. Uh sure. which now has a thousand a thousand and six, I think, followers. So we need to get that n- number up. Um so tomorrow on the program, we've got uh, we've got guests all the rest of the week. Tomorrow on the program, author Declan Finn will be here to talk about his St. Tommy NYPD series. 
He's got a new one coming out. The seventh in the series is about to release. On Wednesday, the uh, the esteemed Grandmaster Hall of Famer Joe Haldeman will be here on Wednesday. And on Thursday, Rhonda Udaly will be our guest. She's the author of The Four Redheads of the Apocalypse, along with uh, a number of short fiction pieces, including The Astronaut Stole My Sharpie. And uh, speaking of short fiction, tonight on the H2O podcast, we will be talking about that very thing. Uh, We'll be talking about short fiction on episode 236 of the H2O podcast. That is tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to get used to to using the Eastern time zone references because apparently that's a that's a thing. And then tomorrow night at 9 Eastern, 8 Central, we've got the 97th episode of Salacious Crumbs with Star Wars news and rumor. So we want you to join in there. In the meantime, we want to make sure that you are subscribed, have your notifications turned on, because apparently, apparently YouTube doesn't like to send all the notifications. And yes, uh, Sci-Fi Snob, that is Joe Haldeman, the author of The Forever War, among other things, uh, Science Fiction Writers of America Grandmaster and... uh, inductee in the science fiction hall of fame joe haldeman i i thought that was really cool that he he agreed to uh, to be on the show so uh if you would like to support the channel in ways other than just giving us a like and a share uh we do have the paypal uh tip jar and we've got an account over at subscribestar.com slash sci-fi for me and if you want to save money on stuff superherostuff.com we have a discount code uh, over there, you can use your uh, discounts. Uh, Sci-Fi for me, ten will get you ten percent off your order, and uh, that's good. Uh, it does work in some combinations uh, with uh, sales items and stuff. So, uh, so check that out. And uh, of course. You know, we don't have an 800 number or an 888 number or anything like that. But if you wanted to uh, leave your thoughts, uh, the live chat is open. Sci-Fi Snob, yes, uh, Joe Holtman is very much alive. Uh, Critical Blast, welcome. Thanks very much for, for jumping in here. Yes, the like button is active. We do like it when you use it. Don't be a Gary. Um, now, a couple of things real quick before I get into uh, today's topic. A couple of clarifications and adjustments um, for some of the stuff that we did last week. Got some feedback, and I want to address a real quick thing, uh, not not so much to make it a thing, but I just want to clarify, because I have made this statement before, and I want to make this statement again, and I will probably make this statement in the future. This particular show, we've, we've done our very best to keep the news and the opinion content in our in our channel separate and apart from each other. We do our best to do that. Most of the news programs are straight up news. Uh, Good Morning Multiverse is news, Triple Bites is news, Salacious Crumbs is news. We have discussion programs, we have opinion programs, we have these talk shows like this one. And uh, we have on our staff here a number of people 
who don't all fall in line and toe the, you know, toe, the, you know, we don't, we don't all spout the party line. Nobody, we don't all agree. And the people that are watching the show, the people who listen to the show, you're not always going to agree with the things that are said on these shows either. And that's fine. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. I want to be clear. But I also want to be clear that this site does not align with any group. And I guess I need to, to put that out there every now and again, because on occasion, we're going to probably have guests on this show that some of you might or might not like. I don't know. Some of them could be people that we just we just invite them on the show because it's an interesting topic and we find out later that people hate them. I, it doesn't matter. The idea here is to provide a mix of different guests, a variety of guests with different perspectives and different opinions. Now, some of them we're not going to agree with. Some of them we might. I, it doesn't, it, that's, not, that's not the purpose. We're, the purpose is not to advocate any particular position here by, the, by the, the guests that we have on here. And, uh, Snob, if, if you don't like me, then every now and again we'll have other people hosting the show. Um, that's part of the plan, is to have a mix of perspectives and voices from all over. So just I just wanted to put that out there and clarify, clarify because a couple of things uh, have been uh, have been discussed. Uh, well, not really discussed. You know, a lot of back and forth and say, you know, oh, I like this, I don't like this, and you know, and that's fine. We're not going to gatekeep. We're not going to put any kind of a purity test on on stuff that we talk about. Um, and not everybody, you know. You don't have to agree with me simply because I'm the boss or the host or whatever. So I just want to put that out there just for some clarification because, you know, I don't I don't want anyone feeling like they can't be here simply because we have uh, somebody or other as a guest. So, you know, so we're not we're not part of any group. Uh, it's just we'll say that we'll leave it leave it at that. Now, let's go here. Uh, Snob says, I appreciate a wide array of voices on your show. Well, I appreciate you appreciating that. That is the goal here. Now, let's get into the controversy. So this, this pandemic has had quite an effect on the movie industry. Of course, we all know with movies, you know, movie theaters not happening uh, movie releases not happening, things get rescheduled, and then they get rescheduled, and then they get canceled, and now there's a big question mark on what what's going to happen when. And the original release date for Wonder Woman 1984 has been moved two or three or four different times. And as a result of that, there has been a mix of leaks that have come out not necessarily because people found something and they're putting it out there and, oh, we found this leak. The, the, the licensing and the merchandising, the way this all works, of course, you know, this, is, this is a little bit of inside baseball. When you have a movie that's coming out, the movie has a certain release date and, that, and everything is timed to coincide in the marketing plan and the PR plan to coincide with the release of the movie. So if the movie releases in April, then you've got, you know, February and March, a lot of this stuff starts rolling out. You have the novelizations, you have comic books, you have product 
Uh, early on this year, we saw Doritos bags that had photographs of, of Gal Gadot and, and, you know, the Wonder Woman branding. And it would have been just fine if the movie had come out when it was, when, when it was supposed to. The problem was the movie didn't come out when it was supposed to. And now the junior novelization is out there, and of course we've got it's it's telling the story. So people are starting to see what this movie is going to be about, which is fine. That happens, you know. The novelization comes out. the 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 junior novelization comes out. Uh, I read Vonda McIntyre's novelization of Star Trek II before I saw the movie because the book came out. I couldn't wait. I've got to see what happens. What happens? Uh, so I knew going into the movie what was going to happen. Uh, and it's still, of course, you know, it's it's still an emotional gut punch uh, when you're 15, 16 years old. So so over the weekend, you know, you've got the the new DC fandom thing that's coming August 22nd. And over the weekend, there was released on Twitter, DC Nation posted this variant cover for the Wonder Woman 1984 comic book adaptation, I guess is what this is. This is a variant cover by Robin Eisenberg, uh, and it is uh, the Rooster Teeth variant. Rooster Teeth, of course, is uh, owned by Warner Media, uh, which is owned by AT&T. Uh, AT&T owns Warner Media, which owns DC Comics and machinima and and rooster teeth which is a division of machinima or something like that so this is this is corporate synergy at work here and i think some of it could be to try to mitigate some of the blowback on rooster teeth but i don't know necessarily that they succeeded with that so here's here's what I'm thinking happens. Uh, you've got Rooster Teeth, uh, yeah, and I have not I have not followed Rooster Teeth for a, for a long while. I'm not into uh, the gaming, the animation, and the anime, and all of that. Rooster Teeth, of course, we've got uh, Ruby, Red versus Blue, um, the other the other one that Michael B. Jordan is part of, uh, Genlock. And over the last few, over the last couple of years, Rooster Teeth seems to have been in kind of a free fall because uh, a lot of people have left the company. A lot of people have criticized the working conditions at the company. Um, they got caught a little bit in the in the Vic Mignogna thing, and so now you have uh, this decision that they made to dump a lot of their content from the past 17 years because it's now not politically correct and not problematic. You know, they're doing the review in the wake of all of this, all of this turmoil that's been going on for the last few months. And that's fine. If you want to do that, you want to say, well, you know, the, the social mores being what they are, things are changing. You know, the, the, the cultural, you know, the cultural zeitgeist is, is going in a different direction. Maybe we want to change our brand and change our, our image and our, you know, what we, what we, you know, our reputation, what we're known for. And that's fine. You want to do that. But that decision has not been met with very positive uh, reaction. And uh, a lot of people are criticizing Rooster Teeth. And again, I don't, I have not followed Rooster Teeth. I don't know anything about what's going on over Rooster Teeth other than what I've looked up 
in in news articles and and that kind of thing. So I'm I'm not coming from a 100% informed thing here. You know, as far as I have information on some of the stuff that's going on and I'm and I'm putting two and two together here to see maybe somebody over at Warner Media, somebody at DC said, "Well, let's do a Wonder Woman thing." to kind of put some positive spin on Rooster Teeth. Well, and that's where this cover comes from. Maybe. Maybe. This is, that's pure speculation on my part. But this cover, this variant cover... Now, I want to stress, this is a variant cover. This is not the main cover. I don't know what the main cover looks like, but this is the one that's getting all the discussion and attention. It is by an artist named Robin Eisenberg... And Robin Eisenberg has done this cover in the style of her other art. And this is one that I can show you because it's safe for work. Robin Eisenberg's work is not always safe for work. The, the skin tone, the purple skin tone, the, the, the hair, the, all of these things, this is, this is her style. Now, personally, it's not a style that works for me. It looks like somebody took Patrick Nagel, Nagel and filtered it through Tumblr using CalArts techniques. It's not, a, it's not a very good art style. That's my personal opinion. There are a lot of people that like this kind of thing. You know, the, the fans of Steven Universe and the new She-Ra and, and, and that sort of thing. I mean, Andy Curry over at DC Comics loves this new cover. Okay, that's fine. You can, you can do that. And Snob, yes, the, the other women in, in her artwork are a little bit more proportional. Uh, some of them more attractive than this, than this art for Wonder Woman. But uh, the blowback on this piece of art has been such that she had to make a statement. Quote, So due to the subject matter of my art, I'm often asked to draw characters inspired by iconic women. Recently, I was asked to create a piece inspired by Wonder Woman in my own style for an upcoming one-off artist collab. <clears throat> that, that young hip speak there. I love drawing aliens with realistic body types living their lives comfortable with themselves. So I drew an alien character with a realistic body wearing a more everyday version of the Wonder Woman outfit. DC decided they wanted to use this piece for a variant cover in addition to the collab. I didn't realize that featuring a Wonder Woman inspired character with a realistic body type would be controversial. Apparently it is. Now I'm not going to go into the rest of this because I want to, I want to look at a couple of different things here. One, she is clarifying that this is an alien, not Wonder Woman. Okay, so this is not Wonder Woman. This is just somebody who is dressed in the casual style as an homage to Wonder Woman. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. You want to do that. The other part of this, though, where she says that this is realistic body type, Realistic body type, really? Um, now, this is certainly not a realistic body type for Wonder Woman, no. But a realistic body type for a regular, regular person, a regular 
female woman, female woman. I, okay, I get, I get curvy, and I, and I'm probably not the the right person to to uh, to comment on this, but to me, if you're doing realistic, and this is this is just me. But just based on my interaction with people and my interaction with people of the female persuasion who are curvy, let's say, um, if the hips are that big, then the other body parts are generally that big too. I mean, the curve, the curvy part means that all of the parts are curvy. I don't know. I just it. You, or you had a look on your face, Mrs. Boss. Or you, you have a a thought. I do have a thought. Uh, use the microphone. I know it. I was actually looking up who the artist was really fast. What's her name? Robin. Eisenberg, and let me see if I can see if we can pick up any more of her art that's not getting get us a ping. Um, no, not really. <laughs> uh, you know, she's she's not well. Okay, here's one. Oh, I forgot that was all scrolled. Um, see, this is well. Uh, okay, this is what I'm. What I'm looking for an actual picture of her. Curious. I'm just curious before I make comments. What does what she looks like have anything to do with it? Just curious. I'm a girl. Okay. There's there's a couple of things there. And if you look up her Twitter okay. here, let me look. I see. That's her. Okay. This okay, this, this is what I'm thinking because she talks about. Okay, when I originally saw the picture, when you showed it to me, or when you showed it up on the screen, mm. um, I didn't realize that the purple was part of being an alien. But with today's climate, and like you said, she's not dressed as Wonder Woman. I didn't think of her as Wonder Woman. I thought of her as maybe a person, she's got the halter top, to that's a Wonder Woman, you know. Sure outfit she's got the jeans that are form-fitting to a very curvy figure and she's got the big black hair that is very i'm not gonna say out of control or anything like that because having curly hair i understand it and i'm actually seeing this i saw that as a black woman wearing it and the and i'm not saying this is for everyone mm. But there's very different body types and there's very different styles that women wear in different cultures of any sort. And so for me, when I saw that, it didn't really well, offend in any way. I didn't think of anything other than... Yeah, but you your know, first thought was not alien. My first thought was not alien right. because her skin tone was a different color yeah. than what you normally see with, you know, a tan Wonder Woman because she's got that perfect tan. Yeah, but I also want to look at the the blowback on this art. Yeah, for for all of the 
for all of the back and forth, whether this is good art or not, that's all subjective. Mm -hmm. And some people are going to love it. Some people are not going to love it. And that's fine. You, you have your, your, the way you want to see it. You have your opinions of it. This, that's not, and, you know, I'm not going to say you're wrong. If you like it, that's great. That's fine. Good it's for you. Streetwear. Well, the, uh, the other, the other thing that bothers me, I guess you could say, is that some of the negative blowback from all okay some of the blowback against this from some segments of and I don't want to say any particular group but you know the comics gate the fandom menace people you know some it just just in general not not even not even those people in particular but anybody that was looking at this Saying, you know, that's not Wonder Woman, that's not Wonder Woman, I'm done with Rooster Teeth, I'm done with DC, how dare they ruin the character, blah, 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 you can, you can hate this artwork. That's fine. But you sit there and go, I'm never doing business with DC again because of this. You sound the same as those people who went after Marvel for the Milo Minara Variant of Spider-Woman number one, 2014. How dare they? Or the people that constantly criticize J. Scott Campbell or Frank Cho. You know, the whole where are her, where are, where are her organs? Folks, we have to get past this. We have to get past this, this. I hate this, so you need to be shut down mentality. Especially given the fact that this is a variant cover, and it, from what from what Eisenberg is saying, wasn't even planned as a variant cover. It just so happened they liked the art enough that they decided to use it as a variant cover. You know, this is this is June 2015 again with Batgirl 41. You know that variant cover from Raphael Albuquerque. It's the same kind of thing. If you don't like it, that's fine. Don't buy it. If you don't like it, you can say you don't like it. But the campaign against it, the brigading against it, is a little ridiculous. And there are other variant cover extremes that are more relevant to the survival of the comics industry. And I would say that this, this childish now, on, you know, always on Wednesday blank covers that Marvel does is more ridiculous than any, anything like this. Um, <laughs> snob, snob says, how dare you criticize my criticism of other companies? I will never do business with Jason again. I will stay only for Mindy. <laughs> Mindy is worth sticking around for. Well, it's funny. I'm I'm going through her artwork, you know, and I I just I basically I did a Google search on her name, mm -hmm. and so I'm being able to pull up, and I mean, okay, I can understand how with her, with her collection of what I'm seeing here on the Google images, her being chosen. For, I mean, Wonder Woman 1984, she's got very much an 80s styling when it comes to it. And as I'm going through and seeing the different female character 
aliens, since that's what she goes for, right. a lot of them are more realistic than what, you know, in a body shape. Not all of them are to the same size as Wonder Woman is, but they've got the thighs. They've got the hips. They've got the booty. Yeah. You know, they've got the, you know, the bottom half, you know, more pear-shaped woman than, you know, the upside-down pear shape that all women tend to, you know, people think it could happen. But, you know, there's there's other pictures where if this woman on the variant cover was with them, you'd see them walking down. Like I said, it's streetwear. Well, and, and you mentioned you mentioned the 80s vibe. I said this is Patrick Nagel fi- filtered through Tumblr. And it really does feel like that. It feels like somebody took Nagel's designs and they went to somebody at CalArts and they said... Draw a Steven Universe version of Wonder Woman using using Nagel and CalArts and Tumblr. And th- this, to me, seems like the result. Uh, it, it doesn't feel... And it really... It, it's exaggerated. The proportions are exaggerated. So it does not feel realistic. I don't know how you could say realistic when you exaggerate the proportions of the, of the body type. But all this to to bring in to uh, a question, bring us to a question. Why? And and comics by Perch, uh, he's he's got a good he's got a good video on this, and he he makes an interesting point. And this is something that that we've talked about uh, here at the office on a number of different things. If the media and if social media has us talking about this. What is it that we are not talking about? What are we not talking about when we're looking at this? We're talking about this. What is this distracting us from, if anything? Is there something else that they don't want us to look at, to talk about? Um, it, It seems like this would be one of those things where Maybe it's a distraction from what's going on over at Rooster Teeth. But at the same time, since this is a Rooster Teeth variant cover, it doesn't seem like it would be a very smart move to create controversy with a Rooster Teeth variant cover when Rooster Teeth is already going through a certain amount of uh, controversy right now anyway. And the reason for that is because they have decided to delete a lot of stuff. Uh, this is from the Rooster Teeth blog. Uh, and this is posted over at uh, nyannet.com. I have absolutely no idea about about the, the credentials and the bona fides. This is a screenshot. Uh, and I've seen other video. I haven't watched the videos, but there's a number of videos on YouTube that are talking about this. Uh, today, quote, reading from the blo- of the blog post, today as part of the broader representation and inclusion goals of our company, we are reviewing our content library and removing some videos we no longer feel comfortable hosting on our platforms. Bug. Okay. Um, okay. We took an honest look at 17 plus years of video, many of them made live and uploaded on a daily basis, and concluded some do not fit the values of Rooster Teeth today, 
and are counterproductive to the work we are striving to do to be more inclusive of all people. All right, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop there. So basically what they're doing is they're going back and they're looking at all of the content that they've created over the last 17 plus years. And they're deciding that some of it does not represent rooster teeth as it exists now, which is fine. You can do that. I've, I've deleted a couple of videos myself from our channel because they weren't relevant or, you know, they didn't, the quality of them wasn't, wasn't good. I have never deleted one of our videos because of politics. I have never deleted one of our videos because it doesn't fit, you know, any particular ideology or plan or focus group or anything like that. Um, and, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. If that's what you want to do, that's fine. It's your company. You do what you want. But the reaction to this has not been positive either because how many videos are they about to delete? How many videos are they part, are they, are they deleting off of their platform in, a, in an attempt to appease the modern culture as opposed to, you know, people from five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. People change. Cultures change. Um, and, and 2020 has been one of those let's turn everything on its ear changes. Um, I, 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 I don't know. It's, it, this... This seems like it's part of a bigger problem because going back to June of 2019, here's an article here from popdust.com. I think this is where this started. The headline, The Exploitation of American Creators, Rooster Teeth's Abusive Crunch Culture. This is from somebody named Dan Kay. This is from June of 2019. And just... A couple of days later, June 20th, 2019, Carlos Aguilar over at CartoonBrew.com talking about Rooster Teeth, headline, Rooster Teeth CEO apologizes for poor work conditions at Austin Animation Studio. Now, in, in this time, Bernie Burns, one of the co-founders, has left Rooster Teeth. This was in June of 2020, so this is recent. Rooster Teeth co-founder and Ruby voice artist Joel Hyman has left as of June June 5th, this is reported here, uh, says he was laid off. Here's another former Rooster Teeth employee, Mika Burton, uh, saying, quote, I didn't leave because of the community, I left because of the company. This is also from June of 2020. So you have a full year between articles about the crunch culture and founders either leaving or being let go, as well as other employees deciding this is no longer the place for me. Rooster Teeth has problems. And this comes at the same time that, you know, again, Rooster Teeth, owned by Warner Media, owned by AT&T. This comes at the same time that the comics industry is imploding and the direct market is no longer what it is, what it was, uh, part of that is because of the implosion of Diamond uh, Comics distributors. But you look at the sales numbers for DC, you look at the PR problems that DC Comics and their creators are having, you look at the impact that the indie comics scene is having on DC. Now you have Scott Snyder getting ready to depart 
from DC and go work on his own thing. Sean Gordon Murphy has stepped stepped away. He's got his own Murphyverse Batman universe thing that he's still working on, but he's also crowdfunding his own projects. Scott Snyder is looking into crowdfunding and getting away from capes altogether. And I have to wonder if somebody higher up at Warner Warner Media or AT&T is taking a look at now you've got two divisions, DC Comics and Rooster Deep, both having problems. Not not just internal work culture problems, but also external PR problems. Whether this is reputation or customer service or let's, you know, let's do something that people don't like. Let's try to do something that people like any of that stuff. It's all, it's all going sideways here. Seems to be anyway. And I have to wonder if somebody up top is sitting there going, okay, what are we doing this? What are we doing here? What's happening with our, with our divisions? And I have to wonder if, if uh, somebody over at Disney is doing the same thing as it comes to, you know, when it comes to Marvel and, and some of their other divisions, because what's, what's the future look like? Because if these companies, you know, you've got HBO Max out there for Warner Media, you've got Disney Plus over there for Disney. HBO Max, when it launched, did not have a big thing. They didn't have a big series to debut like Disney Plus did with The Mandalorian. Disney Plus launched, you've got this brand new show with The Mandalorian, everybody loves it, great. Record numbers of subscriptions. HBO Max did not do that. You know, they they could have launched with a new DC superhero show, they could have launched with a, a Godzilla show, they could have launched with Alien. I, you know, they've got so many different properties of it, not Alien, because Alien's Fox, which is Disney now. The alien queen is a Disney princess. So, all of the all of the things that Warner that HBO Max could have done when they launched, they didn't do. And now you've got the FanDome, which might be a PR uh, a PR adjustment, uh, especially given the San Diego Comic Con. You know, the Comic Con at home was a bust. What are we going to do? Well, let's just go do our own. Everybody's doing it online. Why not? Let's let's just do our own online thing. So it's essentially like Disney doing D23 instead of having a presence at San Diego Comic-Con. Now Warner Brothers DC is doing the same thing with this fandom thing coming up on the 22nd. And I imagine that you'll probably have other media companies do the same thing. You'll have, you know, Disney will do theirs and... and um, uh, Universal will probably do something. And that goes back to our conversation on the H2O podcast last week about the relevance of Comic-Cons. Are they going to be the same coming out of this pandemic as they were going into the pandemic? I don't think they are. I think smaller cons are going to have a better time of it because they're smaller to be, to, to begin with they're in smaller communities, they're in smaller facilities that are easier to maintain, easier to, to control the flow of traffic. Uh, if you're going to get into that social distancing thing and, and all of that, they, you, can, you can do that with 1,500 people a lot easier than you can do it with 15,000 people. So I think 
smaller cons are going to be better off after the pandemic than the larger cons. We already see San Diego Comic-Con just basically imploded this year because nobody's hardly anybody watched the videos that they put together. Um, I would, I would also submit that they had some of the wrong people involved in putting some of that video stuff together. They should be talking to folks like us, like other, you know, like other YouTubers who have channels. They've got experience doing this stuff, making this content, especially those of us who are doing it on a daily basis with a number of different shows. We know how to do this stuff. We know how this works now. And we've been doing it longer. Uh, and, and we here have been doing it longer than almost anybody else because we've been doing it since Worldcon at 20, in 2015. So what is this what what is this what is this that we're being distracted from? I'm I'm going I'm I'm with Perch. What is the thing from which this discussion is distracting us? Where should we be looking? Should we be looking at the DC Comics side of things? Should we be looking at Time Warner? Should we be looking at Warner Warner Media? Should we be looking at HBO Max? Something else is happening somewhere. And we're not looking at it. We're not aware of it. We're not paying attention to it. Uh, and no, stop. I'm not making a play to get hired by, by San Diego Comic-Con. Um mainly because it would, to me, it would compromise our objectivity. If we're going to cover an event, I'd like to cover the event just whole hog, just as we cover the event, no matter what. Not do it as a, as a, as a, as a for hire thing, because that compromises what we do and how we do it. Because when we did uh, Worldcon, I think we were very objective in our coverage of Worldcon, because it could very easily have gone sideways because we were right in the middle of sad puppies three and depending on how that was you know depending on how that played out uh it could have been you know one of those he said she said snobbery us versus them things and and we made sure that we didn't do it that way we didn't cover it that way all of our all of our interviews were tell us about your work tell us what you're doing da -da -da -da. And we gave people a chance to talk about what their work was, you know, their work and what their project, you know, the projects they were they were dealing with and not get into the debate over what was going on with the Hugos. And I think here's the same thing. If we get involved in covering various different uh, events, whether it's the big ones like New York, Salt Lake City, or San Diego, or if it's the smaller ones like TopCon over in Topeka or Smallville down in Hutchinson, or um, uh, oh, what are some of these other ones here? You know, Albuquerque Comic Con, Fountain City Mini Con here, uh, the, o the Ohio Toy and Comic Show, Little Giant Comics, Old School Comic Show. I mean, there's there's tons of of smaller shows that we could get involved in. Steel City. Um, uh, Stanley's Kamikaze, which is not small, but it's smaller than the big ones. So it's 
it's one of those things where you, you have to, you just have to wonder, you just have to wonder what is it that we're not seeing? What are we not hearing about? Is it on the TV side? Is it on the movie side? There is no movie side at this point, really. You know, we know that the Harry Potter stuff is moving to HBO Max, I think, right? Or It's already all there. It's on HBO Max now. Well, and it's, I'm curious, as I'm listening to you, wondering what it is that they are yeah, yeah. trying to get us to look at, because I sat, <coughs> now that we have HBO Max, I was going through what's on there. I mean, we have all the other you know, streaming services for the most part. And they have to do something because the big push that they, you know, that they were doing was, oh, the Schneider, the Snyder cut. But looking at everything else that is available on HBO Max, I think I made comment the time or the Turner Classics Mm -hmm. aspect of it is worth more than HBO Max part of it because they have several kind of like with Disney Plus they have the Marvel they have Disney they have Disney Classics they have National Geographic I mean they've got their little subtitles or groups in there and HBO Max is the same thing and it's pretty bad when with all the original content that HBO does Turner Classics has a better selection well, and, and you look at Peacock, um, you know, that, that news service and the fact that they didn't have very much, you know, you know it, it was just kind of a their thing and it wasn't, uh, it wasn't hyped and it didn't have a really big thing to, to come in as a, you know, this new series or anything like that like that available on on uh, on Peacock. You know, you've got, you know, Brave New World, but Brave New World didn't get it didn't get hyped, it didn't get promoted. You know, how many people know that there's a new adaptation of Brave New World by Aldous Huxley and it's on Peacock. Um and it's some, an original. Someone who's been listening to Welcome to Nightville on a binge watch because before every episode right now and I'm listening to old episodes, but you know how they can change what's in front of it. And every episode they talk about it. And that's about it. Yeah. And not everybody does that. But you should because it's a good podcast. But you should but you should listen to that podcast after listening to our podcast. Well, it's a good way to fill the rest of the afternoon up. I suppose. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's I don't know. It just seems it just seems like there's there's something else out there. I'm not sure. Um, snob, uh, sci-fi snob. Some people feel classic movies are not worth as much as people think due to differences in filmmaking style. Um, at Robert, yes, Brave New World is out on Peacock. It was there uh, when uh, when the thing launched, uh, so it's now available. Alden, I, uh, Alden Ehrenreich, uh, our young Han Solo, is part of that cast. Um, I haven't seen... well. Let me let me take that back because I have not seen I haven't watched a whole lot of television, but the stuff I've seen online, in terms of uh, ads that have been placed in front of various different videos and different things on different sites that I've looked at, 
I haven't seen a whole lot of marketing for Brave New World. It's possible that it's just out there and I haven't seen it. But uh, there is there is the the question of how much uh, how much promotion should go into these streaming services because again it's another streaming service and I get it that Peacock is free to a certain level uh, but you've also got the paid version that goes further than that and gets you access to more um, but. Is it is it worth it? Are are we? I think we're getting into this thing now, where there are there's this proliferation of streaming services. It's almost like we're back in the days of cable. You've got so many channels and you've got so many different choices, and they all cost money. How? Where do we get to the point where? And we're starting to see. And I predicted. I predicted a, a long time ago when all of these streaming services started catching up to, to everything and it said it feels like cable again. I predicted the bundling, what, four or five years ago? When did I, when, because you and I, yeah, it had to have been like three or four years ago because it I told you. It was a while you. back and I think it was about when we were, well, I know it was before hearing what Disney Plus was going to do with Hulu and ESPN and that's been you know, at least over a year. And yeah, it was before that. Yeah. Cause I, I made the prediction then that at, at some point you're going to get the same kind of thing that you would get from cable where you'd have these companies that would figure out a way to, package and bundle and and combine a number of different channels into one thing and we see that now with uh disney plus and hulu because disney owns part of hulu um you know you've got amazon prime you have uh, uh um cbs all access now you've got peacock you've got hbo max Whatever DC Universe is going to end up being, uh, whether they phase that out and merge it with HBO Max, uh, I think we're probably going to see that uh, because DC Universe programs like Titans and Doom Patrol, they're airing on both streaming services. So I imagine at some point DC Universe, all of that's going to be merged over and HBO Max will be the one thing. And if you do that, then you need to do it in a way that says, hey, this really big event is happening. Uh, we've got this this show that's going to launch, this new season that's going to premiere or whatever, and time it such that that becomes the big push. And they're not doing that. And you know, next year, HBO Max is going to have the Snyder Cut but HBO Max has already launched and when they launched they didn't have a big event show for the launch and I think that was a mistake some people have pointed out that that's a mistake so I don't know we'll see um, but I don't know it just feels like there's something else out there that we don't know about yet maybe I, I, I maybe I could be paranoid that has been known to happen. 
So, so there we are. And I don't know. We'll see. All right. Tomorrow on the program, Declan Finn will be joining us. He is going to be talking about his new book in the St. Tommy NYPD series, number number seven uh, in that series of books. He'll be talking about that, and we'll be getting into a little bit because he. W- I don't know that he was part of the of the puppies, but he's he's definitely got some opinions about some things. I don't know. If we're going to get into that too much, uh, but um, but. We'll talk about his new book and and the St. Tommy book series. And then on Wednesday, yes, Joe Haldeman, uh, science fiction Hall of Famer and uh, uh, science fiction and writers of America uh, grandmaster will be here. The author of The Forever War will be here on Wednesday. And on Thursday, Rhonda Udaly, who's the author of The Four Redheads of the Apocalypse, uh, she will be joining us as well, and uh, we'll have lots to talk about. And next week, we're lining up new guests. Uh, let's see here. I know we got Brian Niemeyer on there. We're going to try to get some other people involved in some different some different interviews. Uh, we're trying to do some stuff with regard to music as well. So we'll be talking to some different people. In the meantime, we do invite you to uh, make sure you're subscribed and have the notifications on. Here's something that we're running into, and I've seen a, a few mentions of this in other places on other channels. YouTube apparently has responded to some complaints about notifications. If your notifications are on, and if you have all selected, then you're more likely to get notifications for some of the content when we upload or go live. And that's all well and good. And it does appear as if a lot of our traffic is coming from people who are not subscribed. So I don't know if there's a correlation there. Uh, if, if YouTube is somehow suppressing our traffic to our subscribers, but we still show up in search or in the recommendation lists or anything like that. So uh, as, a, as an experiment, uh, if you want to have, you, you want to make sure that you've got all of your notifications on just so we can see if any of you are getting the notifications, uh, we get them every now and again ourselves, you know, because we've got them turned on here to make sure that we get them. So, uh, you know, we're, we're testing this. So, I don't know, we'll see, we'll see how things go, and we will, uh, we will adjust accordingly, so, uh, yeah, there we go, what? Oh, oh something over there, all right, that's so something lost. for you, all right, uh, yes, the, the, oh, how's the, what's the, anyway, make sure your notifications are on. Uh, we've also just sent out our newsletter yesterday with a little bit of an update on things that are going on here at the channel, some adjustments in staff and, and shows and, and whatnot. Uh, if you are not signed up for the newsletter, there is a link in our show notes as well as a pop-up for, uh, for the newsletter over on scififormy.com. Uh, and it's good. I'm glad that you guys are getting notifications. That's, that's good feedback to have because, uh, in, uh, the statistics that we've got in our analytics, uh, it doesn't show that too many people have their notifications on and the traffic that we're getting is not from there. So I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where you just try to figure it out and you make it up as you go. So, uh, 
Uh, anyway, all right, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks very much to all of you in the chat. Robert, Sci-Fi Snob, Critical Blast. Uh, you guys uh, are regulars here. We do appreciate your participation in the conversation. And those of you who are watching on replay, feel free to leave a comment. Let us know your thoughts, uh, not only about the Wonder Woman cover, but uh, all of the stuff going on at Rooster Teeth. If you have uh, speculation about what we're being distracted from, we could uh, we could entertain some conspiracy theories. Why not? And in the meantime, feel free to check out any of the rest of the videos here. If you're listening to this show as a podcast, we do invite you to watch the show. Uh, it airs live Monday through Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 Central. And uh, we will be back at that time tomorrow for more Live from the Bunker. Thanks very much for being here, everyone. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi for Me Radio. Copyright 2020 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.